Hello, and welcome to the Parenthood Podcast, brought to you by The Bump Class. I'm Marina Fogel, and I'm here with Dr. Kiara Hunt. And today we're going to talk about quite a big milestone, actually, when you become a parent, introducing your baby to solids. Because there comes a time when it's probably coincides with the time that you've just about blasted breastfeeding or bottle feeding and your baby is slowly settling into a bit of a routine and you're sort of beginning to see the light again and then suddenly there's another thing you need to think about introducing solid foods into your baby's diet and while for many I think mothers are really excited about that step and it's really exciting a lot of mothers sort of shudder and think oh life is hard enough now I've got to start cooking rather than just breastfeeding or feeding formula to my baby but it's an important step to take isn't it yeah absolutely so starting solids is a really important milestone and and actually the research as to when and how that should happen is changing and has done recently so I think it's quite an apt time to be doing the podcast it's probably worth just considering for all of you listeners out there that um, we're recording this in May 2017 so at the time of recording all the information that we're giving is accurate and all the research is accurate at this time but you may be listening to this retrospectively so I think it is always worth seeking help and advice from your health professional usually your GP is a great person to go to um, but just make sure especially when you're making important decisions about your baby or your pregnancy that you are seeking up-to-date advice in case any of the advice is changing because it does yeah it changes all the time so when is according to to research nowadays when is the best time to to introduce solids to your child So if you look at the Department of Health um, recommendations, which is based on the WHO, the World Health Organization recommendations, they say start weaning, start starting solids at at six months old. But actually a lot of research and a lot of data is advising starting solids a bit earlier than that. So most experts would agree that from 17 weeks, so from four months really, between four and six months, it is a good time to start solid food. In fact, especially for babies that have a tendency to allergy, there's been some really important research recently said that weaning early and especially introducing some allergenic food early will help those babies in not being as allergic as they might have been otherwise. So how would you know if your baby is allergic? Presumably you might have noticed they've got colic or reflux. Is, is, so colic and reflux babies, is that is it good to start solids? Um, it's not so much based on that. It's more based on so asthma and eczema. If you've got a family history of asthma, eczema, hay fever, or your baby looks like he's quite allergic, it's got quite sensitive skin. That's, or presumably um, older siblings as well. Or older siblings, of course. And reflux to some extent so if their sort of discomfort with feeding is related to their milk and you've had to change their milk or cut certain things out of the mother's diet if you're breastfeeding in the early months because of that um, then it may well uh, be beneficial for that baby to start solids earlier than six months so the earliest is 17 weeks is it the earliest is 17 weeks you wouldn't you wouldn't start it earlier than that and, and there are some signs, some good signs that your, your baby is ready for weaning because obviously they're not little robots. So I guess before you're making that decision, you're making sure that they're kind of giving you signs as well. So Yeah, um, absolutely. A baby that's not ready for solids is not going to take solids, but um, a baby that is ready will start to show you some signs and um, it will usually be that they're becoming a bit more interested in watching you or their siblings eat and they'll be sort of following the spoon back and forth. You'd usually expect them to have relatively good head control, not necessarily be able to sit up on their own because it's perfectly fine to start their their solid food when they're sort of sitting slightly upright in a, in a bouncy chair but otherwise you, you'll notice that they're just getting hungrier so you may have had a baby that was sleeping quite well through the night or maybe just needing one evening feed before before the before sleeping through the night and suddenly they're waking up more and uh, and needing more milk than they used to uh, is usually a sign that they are, are are needing either more milk or or, or solids and and solids is often a, a, the best option 
most babies, by the time they're ready for solids, will have doubled their birth weight. So that, again, gives you a bit of a figure to go by. Okay. All right. Let's think a little bit about how we do it. So it's, it's split into different stages, isn't it? You've got the sort of early weaning stage, which usually happens when they're about sort of four, four to six months old. What are you introducing first? Yeah. So if you do decide to wean your baby a bit a bit earlier than six months, um, then you've got the opportunity to do it all a bit slower. Bearing in mind that sort of by seven months, your baby really should be starting to eat proteins. If you only start at six months, you are rushing through the you know fruit and vegetables quite quickly. Whereas if you start earlier, again, you've got a bit more time, so you can do it slowly. Um, you start just with some baby rice or some baby porridge that's suitable from four months plus, um, and you're literally just giving them a taste of it, a couple of little teaspoons. Um, and initially, you'll notice that for the first, you know, few times your baby takes solids, they'll just sort of move, move it around their mouth and usually spit it out and make a bit of a mess. That doesn't mean they don't like it. They're just getting used to moving that food around in their mouth. They've got to learn to use their tongue to bring the food to the back of their mouth to enable them to swallow. So don't be surprised if your baby just doesn't eat very much uh, when you start them off. Once they learn the technique, they will pick up quite quickly. Yeah, and because it can be quite frustrating. I remember thinking, you know, prepare a sort of microscopic egg cup full of uh, baby porridge and then they basically spit it out it's worth persevering because what if your baby doesn't like it and they sort of start turning their head away do you leave it for a bit and then try maybe a week later or do you sort of persevere or I guess that's potentially slightly age dependent yeah I think that is age dependent if they're younger then you know certainly leaving them a few days and then trying again is fine your baby will let you know if they're not ready but spitting it out doesn't mean they're not ready that just means they haven't learned the technique of eating solids yet um you can't force a baby to eat solids and you know, certainly not advising that but but you know persisting and keep on keeping on trying is 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 really important so basically as sort of part of this overview you've got the early stage of weaning which is sort of from four months then you've got the first stage of weaning which is six to seven months um, where you're starting to introduce a few tastes to that sort of baby rice. So sort of apples and carrots and... Well, you can introduce actually apples, pears, carrots, the simple flavours and mixed in with the baby rice in that early weaning stage as well, the sort of four to six months. And then from six to seven months, you'll be introducing more of the stronger flavours of fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Um, and then seven months onwards, uh, you, you will start to introduce protein into the baby's diet. So, you know, meat and fish and pulses. And then again, stronger flavours. Um, you know, spinach and tomatoes and pasta and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. And then the final, uh, yeah. So that the final stage would then be uh, proteins in there. Yeah. Exactly. And from from seven months, and then from sort of nine months, there's not they can have they can have everything, and they'll start to they'll start to be using their uh, their their fingers and eating finger foods a bit more. Um, what can't they have? Because I know it's obviously this is all pureed, so it should be nice, smooth puree. Potentially yeah. getting a little bit more lumpy as they progress and as Absolutely. they're sort of you know getting used to having stuff in their mouth. Yeah. Um, but are there any specific foods? Like eggs, can you give them eggs? Yeah, they can have eggs. Absolutely. Usually, from about seven months, you'd give them eggs. Um, you'd but avoid giving eggs. yeah cooked eggs. You'd avoid uh, having a runny yolk until they're one, generally. Okay, is the is the advice. And then obviously no salt and no sugar at this stage. Yeah, I wouldn't add uh, any salt or sugar to your baby's food when you're making it, and don't you know don't process or puree any foods that already have added salt or sugar. But uh, otherwise, by the sort of nine to twelve month period, there's there's nothing really other than honey. Uh, which is an advice. So there is good evidence to show that honey in young children, younger than one, can cause a very rare illness called infant botulism. So you'd advise, you would definitely avoid honey. But, you know, we used to say avoid 
nuts and peanuts until they were one. And actually that advice has dramatically changed. And we now say, give them a, a spoonful of peanut butter as soon as you start weaning on a daily basis, a little teaspoon of peanut butter. And that um, significantly reduces their risk of getting a peanut allergy or, not, or allergies generally. So any nuts? Uh, sorry any nuts you can introduce obviously so, just not whole no you would yeah so no whole nuts until yeah. they're quite a lot older and able to to, to really chew them but nuts they're butters. really easy to choke on aren't they? yeah absolutely but yeah nut butters um but particularly peanut butter yeah and there's a, a very interesting study about babies in israel who were one of their weaning foods contained peanuts and they had a significantly decreased uh, instance of peanut allergy in israel compared to other countries where they didn't uh, wean on on this peanut biscuit and so they did big trials and found that yes indeed introducing peanuts early is uh, protective but you know we're all worried about the sort of nut allergies you know and and suddenly your child going into anaphylactic shock when they eat a peanut um is it advisable to like sit outside a hospital give your child a bit of peanut butter and see if anything happens you will have lots of parents doing that it's not something that we recommend if there is peanut allergy in your family so if one of the child's parents actually is allergic to peanuts that's a different matter and then you do that um, under supervision of doctors but if there's no peanut allergy in the family you can just give your baby some peanut butter <laughs> you'll still probably drive quite close to the hospital maybe not on a plane for the first time yeah okay so Let's say we're going to get started with weaning. Um, just a few sort of tips, I think, that are really useful. I think it's worth choosing a sort of relaxed week, maybe not the first week that you're going back to work, because it is quite um, time consuming. Mm -hmm. More actually the mess rather than anything else. And we all know how busy it is when you've got a young baby in the house. So it's worth kind of choosing a, a, a time where you've got sort of plenty of time. And I think it's also really important to not sort of put your baby under pressure to eat. You don't want to be going out to work and go, you need to eat this in five minutes mm. because it's really important to be positive around food with your baby. And it's amazing how long they take to eat. So sort of allowing half an hour for them to eat two mouthfuls of baby rice <laughs> is probably not a bad idea because mm. then you're not sort of under pressure. Yeah, and you want to choose the time of day, right, as well. You want to choose a time when your baby's not starving for his bottle and not uh, really tired for his sleep, you know, when he's generally happy and awake. And so most people will do that, you know, will start the early weaning in the mid-morning um, at a time, you know, that that, suit, that sort of suits their baby. Um, and then, you know, once the baby's got used to eating solid foods, slowly introduce breakfast and then lunch and then tea. Yeah, so that you're kind of vaguely sort of driving towards sort of three meals a day. Yeah, that's what we're aiming to do is get, the, get your baby eating, as any child does, healthy food three times a day. And obviously we're really aware of sort of food intolerances and all of this, at, mm -hmm. at this in, a, in our generation, I guess. It's probably worth remembering that actually food intolerances are a lot rarer than mm -hmm. potentially the middle classes would have you believe. Yes, I mean, there's certainly a lot of people um, say that they are intolerant to certain foods. When you look at the data, um, it's much more than is documented. Yeah, because it can be quite dangerous. Sort of, yeah, um, I certainly wouldn't be withholding any foods from your baby unless a doctor has told you to. Yeah, um, And we know that in Introducing a range of food early, well, in in that first you know year of weaning is really important for your baby also to to not reject food. You know, they babies um, there, there's a you know the period from starting weaning to about um, nine to twelve months is when your baby will take most things and will be able to try most flavors, and they often get a bit fussier after that. So the more the bigger variety of food you can introduce in that first year is really really important. 
but generally it's sort of slowly slowly and it's probably worth introducing you know one flavor at a time or one new food sort of a day and I remember you know being told introduce that at sort of lunchtime so that if your baby does have a bit of a runny tummy or a, you know because there are always sort of foods that mm. sort of agree with us better than mm. others mm. If your baby doesn't like it then you can kind of you've got a bit of it's not the night that you're having to deal yeah. with it it's sort of the a grisly yeah. afternoon rather than a sleepless night yeah so we're sort of picking your time but sort of generally introducing um different flavors um and it's quite fun because you'll see that they'll love certain things and they will absolutely hate other things and very often that's surprising i remember one of one of i can't remember which one it was but one of my children absolutely loved broccoli um but then didn't like mango mm. which seemed extraordinary and it's important also to introduce sort of vegetables not just the sugary fruits absolutely so that they get used to sort of not having everything kind of laden with sugar yeah I and mean, you generally start with a sweeter vegetables like carrots and um a sweet potato and but then you do want to be introducing the broccolis and the courgettes and the corn or and actually being quite adventurous is good so yeah. there are some brilliant books actually around um, that have kind of different sort of recipes which I know sounds a bit ridiculous and I'm not saying that you need to go and get a recipe for pureed carrots which involves pureeing carrots mm. but especially once they get onto the proteins sort of I remember tasting a delicious one that was like sweet potato chicken and sweet apple, corn or something. Yes. yeah exactly yeah. apple yeah. and it was utterly delicious and I guess therein lies the other danger that you know once your baby is sort of on solids mothers are often sort of thinking I need to lose the rest of my baby weight Mm. (laughs) but then of course all you've got all these delicious purees just Mm. to stick your finger into and I remember hoping that Ludo wasn't going to finish his uh, chicken and sweet (laughs) potatoes so that I could finish it off and then when it gets to fish fingers and sausages it gets even worse (laughs) and then cheese exactly so potentially if you're trying to lose the rest of that baby weight having a rule (laughs) that you don't you don't eat anything I remember one girl telling me that as soon as her children's plates had been finished, she'd literally pour washing up liquid on the plate so that she wasn't tempted to to nibble because it is all delicious. But it's also high fat, isn't it? Because you're using whole milk, butter, that kind of thing. And you're wanting to get those calories into your baby, um, you know, when you're starting weaning. So so you are... um, you are cooking with higher fat food than you might for yourself. And there might, you know, there'll come a point when your baby is eating the same food as you. And actually, that's really good to allow your baby to be a, a social part of mealtimes. And there's no reason, certainly after nine months, that they can't eat the same food as you. Just make sure that you're not adding what, if you might normally add salt to your food, you know, you can add that to your own plate. But but in the main cooking, um, don't. Well, that's actually, we probably eat all way too much salt yeah. out of habit. And salt consumption mm-hmm. is one of those things that is, um, you know, if you get used to not having salt, you need much less salt. Mm-hmm. So actually, I was talking to a girl the other day who said it was brilliant when she started cooking for the kids as well as her because mm-hmm. their salt consumption went down and she now mm-hmm. realises that actually you don't need half that salt. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not a bad thing. Yeah. So people always ask us for sort of tips on on uh, um, weaning. Um, what would be your what what would be a, a tip that you would give? I mean, I think for me it would be embrace the mess mm. because it is messy. And I've got some hilarious pictures, which I'll, I'll try and put up on social media of my children, literally with, you know, raspberry or yogurt, or whatever it is everywhere. And that's a big part of their sensory, sensory development as well as anything else. So I think if you sort of um, arm yourself for it is going to get messy and don't get worried if it, um, if it does get messy. Again, that sort of positivity is really, really important. So you need to sort of embrace the mess. Yeah. And In the early days, allowing your baby to 
you know, put their hands and into the bowl of puree and put it to their mouths. You know, it's really important. Or to their eyes or to their ears. (laughs) And then, you know, giving them a spoon when they can hold a spoon and allow them to try and feed themselves. You know, you'll have the spoon too, but you'll often find if you just have one spoon and that's yours, then the baby will constantly be trying to grab the spoon from you and not much of it goes in their mouth. Whereas if they have their own spoon, I always used to find that quite helpful. Yeah, exactly. And you can sort of... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com trick them I think the other thing is is just to sort of make sure that you've got them sort of well protected so don't put them in sort of fancy clothes you realize that a baby grow that is easily chucked in the washing machine is what to feed your baby in and you invest in one of those you know babies that have arms and big yeah. uh, big bib I remember you, we used to call it full body armor yeah. <laughs> and it was you know one of those sort of like coat bibs yeah with then one of those plastic bibs that has the food catcher in the bottom yeah. so you'd kind of double up the bibs yeah and then at least you'd sort of you'd make sure it sits um snugly around the neck and yeah. then of course they get that hands and their faces and hair mucky but the other thing I think that was really important to have are you know uh, loads of face cloths flannels to yeah. clean your baby yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't really want to um, re- be relying on baby wipes a it's really expensive b it's great it's not great for the environment and you'll get through you'll get through a packet of baby wipes your yeah. baby's had a really messy dinner yeah. so actually having I remember going and just buying like 20 face cloths that I just kept and um, chucked in the wash chucked in the done, wash yeah. I mean don't sort of reuse them because you know they are they do harbor bacteria so if you have enough you just use them you know one or two to clean your baby up um, after they've eaten and then put it in the wash and um, that's definitely the way to do it yeah and making sure that you're feeding them on a wipeable floor you know so the high chairs on a wipeable floor if you don't if you've got a carpet then putting a sort of wipeable mat underneath the uh, and and not having the high chair too close to walls that they can fling the food at yeah (laughs) Well, I was lucky because my dogs basically were the canine cleaning squad <laughs> and sort of licked the, the floor clean, which I was really grateful for. I think also, you know, really important to have a high chair. You want a chair that sort of supports your baby um, and um, they sort of feel comfortable in because they will spend a lot of time in that high chair, usually till they're about sort of one and a half, two in the high chair. There are loads of different high chairs on the market. I would really go for one that isn't fiddly because you get some that you can sort of slot them in and then others that you need to have sort of really fiddly straps to get them in and you just want to make your life as easy as possible. But then think too about cleaning it. If they're little grooves that look really lovely, they are going to be a nightmare to clean. You want something that you can almost just hose down and wash properly easily rather than have sort of bits of encrusted food sort of in decorative ridges on the on the on the chair on the yeah and and don't don't do too much it's got to be light too you want to be able to sort of shift it around and clean it and some of them are really heavy i mean everyone loves that ikea one don't they there's Mm. a simple sort of ikea one that costs 15 pounds or something and Mm. most people say that's just the best one rather than the sort of 300 pound model that is uh, a bit more complicated yeah 
And then people often ask me about finger foods and when is it normal to introduce to allow your baby to have finger foods and what about baby led weaning? Should they just do baby led weaning? Um, yeah, and that's let's a conversation. Just what baby led weaning is? So baby led oh. weaning is not giving your baby any purees at all, not not feeding them with a spoon, but just allowing them to pick and choose what they want to eat from a, from a variety of food that you, that you put on their plate, which hasn't been pureed, which works for some people. Generally speaking, though, um, that the babies are not really they're not really able to feed themselves very effectively till they're sort of seven or eight months. Um, and even then it's not particularly effective. And, you know, there has been a bit of concern about babies not getting the nutritional input that they need with baby led weaning because they're just simply not able to get enough into themselves, not able to feed themselves enough. Um, however, having said that, it's very good for their development, for their hand-eye coordination, for their motor skills to be able to give themselves finger food. So generally I advise a combination of, of both, you know, give your baby puree, certainly in the early days anyway, when you're doing early weaning, they won't be able to have finger foods but once they get to about seven months or so um if you're making carrot puree for example cut the carrots into sticks steam them so they're really really soft and puree most of them but keep a few carrot sticks that your baby can just have on his on his high chair tray and can feed themselves and so so give them a bit of an option of finger foods but make sure you're they're actually still getting enough into them with the purees yeah i think you're right and you know the other thing that um I, I found really useful is that just understanding that like some days they'll be really hungry and some days they won't and not to get too stressed if they haven't finished the food that they finished yesterday it doesn't mean they're ill doesn't mean they're off their food and to actually look at the baby's sort of food intake over the course of a week rather than a day because we we're all like that you know you know there are some days we are just inexplicably hungry and some days we're just not and um, babies are little individuals at this stage so not to get too stressed about it yeah but again if that's happening also look at how how when they're drinking their milk you know up to six months the milk that they're drinking is still the most important form of nutrition for them but after six months the solid food is the most important so if they're if they're drinking the whole bottle just before their 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 meal and not eating much solid food that might be why and it's probably worth moving the timing of the bottle till after they've had their their solid food in terms of sort of heating food and reheating food and freezing food, you've got to be a bit careful because obviously the last thing you want is food poisoning for your baby. Absolutely. So I think it's great to, um, you know, it's great if you can cook a fresh meal every day for your baby, but r- practically for most mothers, that's not really doable. I certainly used to find I'd make a big batch of something that was that, that my baby loved, whether it was a type of puree or a, or pasta sauce or, or something, and and freeze it in portions and then defrost it as and when I needed it <clears throat> throughout you know, throughout the next month or two. Yeah, that's that was really trick, the ice trays, you know, free, freezing puree and ice trays. So you get the little cubes of puree and then you can bag them up. And then, you know, as your baby's appetite increases, you can start off with just one cube of puree and then maybe it's going up to three when they're a little mm. bit. And then you can sort of slightly mix and match the carrot mm. and the apple and the, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that, that always works Just quite making well. sure that when you're reheating the, um, the anything that you've frozen, especially if it's meats or fish or protein, that you are heating it till it's piping hot but then allowing it to cool down rather than just letting it thaw and giving it to your baby generally speaking that will get rid of any harmful bacteria that might harm your baby so we know that sugar is not advised before one and actually if you can sort of try and minimize the amount of sugar your child gets even after one that's going to be beneficial for them because we do think that we all eat way too much sugar but I think it's also being worth being aware of the hidden sugar and stuff that you might not think so there are a lot of baby yogurts that actually have sugar in so when you're buying a baby yogurt just have a look at the ingredients and make sure that there's not sort of added sugar but that the sweetness is relying on the fruit content or or 
you know, um, similarly the rice cakes or the rusks or the whatever it is, baby biscuits, just check the ingredients list and make sure there is no added sugar. Yeah, I mean, just because it says uh, baby food on it does not mean it doesn't have added sugar. And actually, especially a lot of the jars, the baby food jars are have got sugar in them. I think be open-minded about using the pouches and things, the ones that are without salt and sugar and are, you know, from good companies. Um, don't feel bad about giving your baby the old pouch. It's much easier to use that when you're out and about. Um, and it's absolutely fine for your baby if they don't have every single meal as home cooked. Yeah, I know. I remember making, kind of regretting making the, the decision to kind of home cook all my son's food. And then the moment I tried to give him a sort of pouch with sort of some kind of meat in it, he would absolutely not have it. And um, I kind of regretted that because I sort of, it's so much easier when you're on holiday or when you're out and about just to be able to give them something that you're not having to to cook from scratch. Um, so definitely get them. I always sort of looked at envy with friends of mine whose children would sort of eat eat the, the pouches um, because life was just so much easier. A balance is good. You don't want them only on pouches, but being able to take them is quite useful, that's for sure. Okay. Um, in terms of sort of kit that you need... Yeah, we talked a bit about the bibs and the mats and the high chair and things. I mean, generally speaking, keep it simple. Give Buy, obviously, a, a weaning spoon. So there's those uh, spoons with which are small and ha- are soft. And it's quite useful to have a, a food processor of some sort. You can buy ones that are sort of steamers and uh, processors in, in one. Because it's better to steam the food, isn't it? Because it's... Generally speaking, you, you don't lose the nutrition. You know, if you boil, if you're, especially if you're boiling food, you know, quite a lot enough to puree it, it um, can, a lot of the nutritional value can be lost um, through, the, through the boiling process. So steaming is generally better, steaming and pureeing. Um, but you can do that also just with a pan on your stove. You don't have to have a special machine to do it. Or well, there are great ones that you just stick in the microwave, like just sort of like Tupperware things. Steamers, steamers. yeah, yeah. So you don't need to be buying a... hundreds of pounds worth of kit. Yeah. Um, but it is worth having a sort of a decent blender. Yeah. What about drinking with a meal? You know, should they have milk with their meals? Should they have water? Should they have, well, I know the answer to this. Should juice? they have juice? No. So um, generally speaking, I'd say when your baby is starting to get to the point of being on three meals a day, get into the habit of offering them a beaker with water. And they're not going to drink much of it, but they'll start getting used to the fact that water is what you drink with 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 food, with, with meals. And they will, you know, they will, they will um, you know, sip at it throughout the meal I wouldn't be giving them milk with the meal have that at a separate time but mainly because that's going to the milk and the times they have it is going to change and actually by the time they're one they, they, they shouldn't really be having milk in the day they'd be having it in the morning and the evening um, so so I'd keep that separate and just have water with the meal try and avoid juice babies children do not need juice if anything it should, it's just a treat as a smoothie or a, as a snack but not as their drink with the meal yeah Okay. People often ask me sort of, you know, is there anything that we really need to watch out for with uh, weaning in terms of foods? Um, and, and actually that list is getting less and less when I did this, you know, I did a, used to do a talk on weaning and, and I used to say watch out for, um, for nuts, which we've talked about, for even things like gluten. But actually, you know, all the evidence now is, is, is you know, that can all be introduced when you start weaning them. Um, I mean, a lot of people worry about choking mm, uh, and I weaning. That's probably the big... Um, people say, I'm worried about starting, you know, starting my baby on solids because what if they choke? So, and I think it's important to remember that babies will gag a lot when they're learning to eat because they're moving the food around their mouth. And when the food touches the back of their throat, that will stimulate the gag reflex and they will gag, which is what they exactly what they should be doing because gagging moves the food back forward um, to the front of their mouth, allowing them to to, to swallow it. Um, but often people think gagging is choking and, and it's not. Gagging is just them moving the food 
to, to where it should be. Babies obviously can choke, and that's you know, and they do something. often choke, don't they? I mean, I wouldn't it's... say often, but they you know it does happen, and you definitely have to be aware of it and and know what to do if that happens. So you know, we always advise every every parent to do uh, a pediatric first aid course at some point in the early days of their baby's life, so that they do know what to do in the case of an emergency, especially choking. Um, so uh, so I would definitely advise you all to do that. Yeah, our pediatric first aid trainer always says it's very unlikely you're going to have to resuscitate your child, but it is pretty likely you will have to you know deal with a choking child at some stage. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you didn't you have to do something at a at wedding, wedding once? Yeah, not and... that long ago, but um, and and usually it's pretty straightforward. You just want to know. You know, it's slightly different depending on the age of the baby or child. But if you know what to do, you'll feel much better yeah. about it. And if you absolutely can't get onto a, a pediatric first aid course, just have a look online. Absolutely. But I think that anyone who's really with your child while it's really actually any stage mm-hmm. they need to be aware of what to do yeah. um, and for that reason you know when your baby is eating um, especially as they get older and they can feed themselves don't you know, don't leave them alone when they're eating um, and also beware of them eating in the car you know it's quite tempting to give your baby snacks you know in the car if they're a bit grisly um, but if you're if you if if there's no one in the car who would be able to help them if they did choke then that's something that you might want to think about uh, one question that's just come in. Um, should I be cooking with um, formula or breast milk um, or can I use cow's milk to cook with? So generally up to six months, so, uh, then you, you should use formula or breast milk depending on what you're giving your baby. Um, from six to 12 months, you can cook with cow's milk, uh, full fat, blue top cow's milk. Um, and then, um, uh, yeah, and then, and then uh, six months onwards, obviously the same. Um, the, it's not till... Tw- it's not till 12 months that your baby can drink cow's milk instead of formula. And is it advisable to go with cow's milk or formula after 12 months? Because there are plenty of formulas that yeah. are suitable for post-12 months. Absolutely. And some people choose to continue with formula after they're 12 months old. It's just medically they don't need it. The, um, the uh, you know, Generally, most of us would, pref- would prefer to drink fresh milk from the fridge rather than powdered milk. And that's the sort of choice you're giving your baby at that stage. Having said that, if you travel a lot, if you're out and about, it's often much easier to take formula with you than, than it is fresh milk. So you know, the decision is very, is very personal. Um, and either way, it doesn't really matter. The only thing is that formula does contain um, is fortified with vitamins and iron and vitamin D. So, if you're not if you're going on to cow's milk, you might need to think about um, giving your baby a bit of vitamin D, particularly as a, as a supplement. And any other supplements they need at this stage or not? Um, not unless they've been told by their doctor. So yeah. vitamin D, yes, unless they're having formula. Um, otherwise not. Because uh, it's worth being aware of their iron levels because their iron, the, the iron levels that they're born with sort of take a dip after about six months. So it's important for them, isn't that's it, right. to get a bit more iron through their, their solid food. Yeah, well, that's why solid food, that's one of the reasons why solid food becomes so important after six months because their own iron stores are not enough and they need to supplement them with food. So, um, so, so you know, think, about the iron content of the food is important once they're on meat then red meat is the best source of iron even things like liver you'll be able to forget your seven or eight month old to eat some sort of liver puree which you definitely won't eat you know further down the line but so get all those foods into them at that early stage yeah and um I remember someone once telling me that it's worth thinking about what helps to absorb the iron. So vitamin C helps the body absorb iron. Yeah. So doing things like a sort of beef and orange stew for them exactly. is really, really beneficial and just might just kind of increase their, their iron intake. Yeah, well, they, yeah, their iron absorption, yeah. exactly. What about if, you're, if you want your child to be vegetarian? Yeah, I mean, Are that's you... a very personal choice and, and a lot of vegetarian parents will, will, will um, 
uh, wean their children essentially onto vegetarian food and that's that's absolutely fine it's a personal choice but you just have to have to try extra hard uh, at getting those nutrients which which they're not getting through meat uh, into them um, and that's that's something that is possible but so basically to, it's proteins and irons is it yeah, so pulses eggs? and eggs and uh, green vegetables and um, you know that sort of thing yeah I've just got a question coming in. Um, my baby's six months old. I've been trying to wean for the last uh, two weeks and he absolutely won't take it. What shall I do? It makes him really, really upset every time he sees the spoon and the bib. But listening to you now, I'm realizing that it is really important. What, what can I do? Yeah, I mean, that's quite a difficult one because you certainly don't want to be forcing babies to eat and you don't want negative associations for that baby with food. And very often you'll find that that starts happening and the parents start getting really anxious around feeding time and babies really, really pick up on that. So, you know, I would certainly try, you know, uh, creating a an atmosphere that is as relaxed as possible possibly even getting someone else involved in the feeding a parent or a sibling or um you know making it fun using distraction tools so uh, you know having a toy that they can play with at the at the high chair or you know even trying to put the telly on you know and seeing if that distracts them um because quite common isn't it that they're resistant to start with yeah it can be especially if you start a bit a bit later so but i think you know stopping for a few days and starting again and um, you know sometimes changes the the dynamic a little bit trying different locations so trying to out and about with other mothers and babies and seeing if that helps and and obviously if they continue to be really resistant and it's getting to the sort of seven month mark then then you do need to see the doctor about it and possibly um uh you know dietitian who can help with with problems mm. a lot of those sort is it worth sometimes thinking about the volume of milk they're drinking yeah absolutely so so i would certainly be talking through with someone who who's experienced, it'd be that your GP or, or, or a friend even, as what their routine is uh, in terms of milk consumption, water consumption, um, and any other sort of snacks or, 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 or solid food that they might be eating and trying to, trying to try the solids when they are, when you know they're hungry. Yeah, perfect. Um, it's helpful. Yeah. Well, I hope you found that helpful. Um, please do um, share this on social media if you found it helpful and do also ask us any questions because we can cover those in sort of future topics. Um, similarly, if you have any topics you'd really like us to cover on um, the Parenthood podcast, then please do get in touch with us via Instagram or on Facebook or via email. Take a look at our website, thebumpclass.com. That's got lots of uh, these podcasts on it and also lots and lots of resources. So please do get in touch with us that way. I hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs>